So I wanted to talk this morning. We're going to devote this this hour to our time of talking about testimonies and then having people give testimonies. But I want to talk about the concept of giving testimony biblically. And many of you have heard teaching on this. It's kind of been abbreviated and kind of distilled down into the pithy statement. You'll get word pithy. Thank you. Uh, this statement that to give a testimony is to ask God to do again in the lives of the hearer, hearers, what the testimony giver is saying. Okay, so you've heard that. And I believe I'm correct in that that concept, that understanding of the meaning of testimony has been popularized by Bill Johnson the leader of Bethel Church, and he's really an apostolic leader of, uh, in the church. So, Lord, I pray that you would anoint this time, God. I pray that you would accomplish what you want through this teaching and through the understanding that, that you will release to us, God, and then as we testify uh, one to another, Lord, that you would, uh, you would do what you do. So, um, so I do want to talk about its nature and power today, and I want to talk about how we can expect God to use testimonies as we move into 2023. Because testimonies, according to Bill, whom I really respect, I admire him, and I admire his teaching, uh, and he has declared, as well as other people who have picked up on this same idea, that when testimonies are given, God often operates even spontaneously, even immediately in this situation, and brings about the very thing that the testimony is speaking to. Okay? So, let's go to slide two. What the word testimony, which is, of course, the noun, testifies the verb, means, and Bill has based his understanding of this concept, biblical concept of testifying or giving testimony, on the Hebrew meaning of um, the word testimony, which is I doof. I doof. You know, on your computers, when you, when you uh, look up things, you can actually have some guy say the word to you. So, yeah, so I doof. Actually, it's I do. I do. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. There's no TH sound in Hebrew, so it's more like adut. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, that's the word for testimony. And its primary Hebrew meaning is to do again or to repeat. So um, Bill's correct in understanding the concept in the Old Testament that way. It has a secondary meaning, too, which is the meaning that we normally attach to the word testimony or testify, which is simply to speak about the truth of something is to give testimony to it, right? So when I stand up here and I tell you, and, and this happened this morning, it happens uh, pretty much every time in some form when we gather together, and it may not explicitly be couched in the definition of a testimony, but it is uh, a revelation that we are sharing that comes out of our own experience and our experience with the living God, with, with the Lord. So 
Testimony is, is a part of what we do here, but I want it to become a more explicit part. And I want us to all have an understanding as we go into this next year and incorporate the giving of testimonies more into our church, what it really means. So that's the Hebrew, and this is, this is, what, this is what Bill bases his understanding of the, of the word testimony on and, and how it operates. So Bill looks at testimony as an, as an operation of the Spirit. It's something the Spirit of God does. Now, it's not listed in 1 Corinthians or any other place in the Bible as a spiritual gift, but it really is all through, particularly the New Testament. We find, for example, that the Apostle Paul, when he got into the most, um, what, what could we call this, the most weighty places in his missionary travels where he could speak, he would give his testimony. He would speak about how Jesus rescued him, how Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and he pulled no punches. He told the details. And he, he just laid it out because he knew that was the truth and he spoke it. And, uh, and if you'll remember in the scriptures, whenever he did do this, there was tremendous power that was released through what he said uh, upon the uh, lives of the hearers. And there were responses to, to those words. So to testify uh, is, in our understanding to support or reinforce the truth by speaking of it happening in your own personal experience, by acting as a credible witness of that truth's validity. By the way, the word to witness is the same as the word to testify. So one who testifies is actually a witness. So what does a witness do? A witness tells the truth as they understand it, as they have experienced it. And that is an extraordinarily powerful way to present the gospel. You know, a lot of us, I know when I was a young believer and hadn't learned a lot about Christianity, about the Bible, and about uh, questions that people have concerning God and, and his truth, uh, I, was, I was reticent to speak to people because I was afraid that I would have to defend uh, the theolo theology or the, the, the logical questions or whatever. And so very often I drew back. But no one is going to refute or be able to refute your personal testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. Extraordinarily powerful. It is, a, it is an operation of spirit that's available to all of us readily as long as we have experienced something of God. And, 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 and we have to understand that when we relate that to other people, there is an anointing on that. So I'm anticipating what I'm about to say here, but, but I want to uh, reinforce the truth. Now, in the New Testament Greek, and, and, and Bill doesn't do much with, uh, with understanding the word from uh, the, the Greek language in the New Testament, he pretty much bases what he says on the Old Testament, which is fine. But the word testimony in the New Testament Greek always means to give witness to, to speak of something you know is true from personal experience. It means to do again, and this is where scholars who would look at what Bill is teaching might say that what he is saying is a little shaky because it's... it's kind of a subjective reading into scripture 
rather than directly pulling out of Scripture. And, and both are, I think, understanding. The Holy Spirit can give us a subjective understanding of Scripture that has a revelation embedded in it that really changes our lives. It doesn't mean that that's precisely what the Scripture means. That's doctrine, and then that's a very important too. But there can be a subjective understanding, a subjective filter of what the Lord is saying through Scripture. And this is what Bill is doing more than he's really doing what's called exegesis or pulling meaning out of Scripture. Anyway, it means to do again, which is Bill's primary point about testimony, only in the sense that by speaking it out, we are stating the same result as happened to us by talking about it. So if I give my testimony to Valerie, for example, about something that's just happened to me in my life, I am doing it again by speaking of it. So it is coming into existence again by the fact that I'm telling her about it. So that's, that's sort of the, um, the objective scriptural meaning of the word to testify or to give testimony. But now, Bill does something else. Let's go to the next slide. Bill's interpretation... <laughs> He sees the Hebrew word for testimony to mean that God will do again among the hearers what the testifier is speaking about with the same power and authority as he did it the first time. Now that's important understanding. And this is where Bill's understanding is more subjective than objective because Honestly, this particular fullness of understanding does not appear in the scriptures um, plainly. You can sort of pull the meaning out, but not real plainly. But this is how Bill does it. He connects our testifying with God's intention to replicate those same results when the testimony is spoken out by using Revelation 19.10 as the basis. Okay, so now we're going to go to Revelation 19.10, which is this. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. How many of you ever remember reading that? How many of you ever remember not being entirely sure what it means? Because I certainly have. I've read it over and over again, and I understand, and you know, if you study the commentaries on it, most people are not really sure precisely what it means. It's a beautiful scripture, <laughs> but what does it mean exactly? Well, Bill has, has given us an understanding of what he thinks it means. So I'm going to, I've unpacked it here. So let's look at the words involved in this scripture verse, Revelation 19.10. First of all, testimony is, of course, the recounting of our own experience. That is the plain and main meaning of the word testimony in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, there is, a sec there is another meaning of, of God doing it again. But I think what is probably meant there is that there is a recounting, there is a repeating of what has happened to you out of your own mouth or out of your own hand if you're writing. Back in those days, you could write a testimony. We can write a testimony too, obviously. But anyway, the main understanding, recounting of our own experience of... So we're going to devote the next 20 minutes of our teaching time to the meaning of the word of. 
No, we're not. <laughs> but we are going to devote a little bit of time to the word of. To me, of means concerning or about. If I... Well, you understand that, right? All right, I don't need to give you an example. All right, so the testimony of concerning about Jesus. So we know Jesus, second person of the triune God, God in the flesh, the fullness of Godhead dwells in him. So I believe the scriptures, when referring to testimony of Jesus, of his nature, of his actions. So interestingly, at the very beginning of the meeting, when we were led to come up and speak about the nature of God and how we relate to him, although we're speaking doctrinal truth to one another, we're also giving testimony concerning Jesus and what he's done and us. And I just want to point out how, just, how so important it is for us to gather regularly. And I know, I mean, I know I beat this drum a lot. <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm beating it again today, but sometimes you beat a drum often enough so that people hear it. <laughs> and I, I really want us to hear there's something embedded in the nature of spiritual reality that is released through the physical gathering together of the church. And it's been this way before the church, you know, 2,000 years ago, uh, more than that now, at the day of Pentecost when the church was born on the earth. Before that, you know, the time of God's relationship with the Hebrew people. It's in the gathering. Yet God appeared to people individually, and that's awesome, and, and we all want that, and we should all seek after that. But there is a reality that, that comes to pass when the people of God gather together in worship especially. And there is a, there is a what theologians call a, the coming of the numinous, the, the things of the spirit. There's, a, there's an atmospheric change that happens when we come together. And what's happening, I referred to this earlier, is that the Christ in us is flowing out from us and is touching this one and touching that one. And then there's a cumulative power of the agreement of all of our spirits together focusing on Jesus. And those of you who have heard teaching before here at this church about how one contacts the spirit realm, and this could be in the, in the, in the things of God, uh, or it could be in the things of the enemy. The contact mechanism is the same there's a focus there's a there's a concentration of the energies of the human being onto things of the spirit and this this opens the doorway into the realm of the spirit this is why it's so important and we can do this to some degree through live stream at home but there's a i believe there's a limitation to that and i i mean i've listened to, when we haven't been here at times I've listened to the live stream, and I'm, I'm grateful for live streaming. But I believe it should be the exception, not the rule, to be honest with you. And I think that there's something that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years where the people of God have gathered together. So, um, But the testimonies that get produced 
um, as Jesus, Jesus is in his body. Jesus is in us. And so when we interact with and, and um, touch each other, we touch the Jesus in us. It's the primary way it happens. That's why it's so important. You know, in the American church, and I'll just I'll jump off this in a second, but the, I just want to share with you the American church, and many of you know this, the new norm of what regular attendance is, is twice a month. That's it. That's what the American Christian, by and large, believes is full commitment to the church. And I don't know that that's enough. Be honest with you, I just don't know that that's enough. And our secular society has offered so much to go on on, on Sunday that, that, you know, it's cut into that, that sacred day that's been in place in societies all over the world for, again, thousands of years. But... Um, but I'm not sure that getting together with the people of God and partaking of the spiritual nature of Jesus flowing through his body, I'm not sure that doing that only twice a month is, is sufficient. Okay, anyway. Testimony of Jesus is, the definition of is, is, <laughs> functions as the spirit. And those of you who know anything about Greek manuscripts know that in the Greek manuscripts that, that we do have, and we have ancient ones, they aren't the originals, in, there's, we have no copies of any original scriptural texts that we know of. I mean, how do we know if we do? It's not written on our, this is the original. It's, it's, we don't, we don't, and we, we, we tend to have, what we do have is copies, fragments of copies that were hopefully faithfully passed down from the original, but in the original, there are no capital letters. All the letters are the same. So that's even at the beginning of sentences. So we don't know whether when this was written by the Apostle John on the island of Patmos when he was recording what the Lord was giving to him, it became scripture. We don't know whether the Holy Spirit was saying to them that the Spirit here is capital S, Spirit, or small f, S meaning the Spirit of a person, or could also have the meaning of an atmosphere. There's a Spirit of peace here. It simply means there's a feeling, there's an atmosphere of peace. But the true Spirit of peace is the Holy Spirit's nature of the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And my human spirit can contain peace, but that's different than the Holy Spirit in my human spirit radiating peace. So we have differences to, to the word spirit. I interpret that, and I think Bill Johnson does too, as the anointing of the spirit and of prophecy. So we, we do a lot of teaching around here on the nature of prophecy, of course. You all know that, but... It's important that we understand how, how this kind of fits. And this is where Bill sort of stretches the understanding of testimony based on this scripture. But there's some validity to it that I think we, we can acknowledge. So a prophecy, prophecy is the, of, of a genuine prophetic utterance that carries within itself God's anointing to change things. 
to produce what God is doing now. So the two primary functions of a prophetic word is God speaking into a situation and revealing what he is doing now in the present and giving clarity and understanding to us about that. Or forth-telling. So there are foretelling. So there's forth-telling. God is speaking forth what is going on in your life. So if I were to look at Mark over here, and I was to say to him, uh, Mark, the Lord shows me that you're in an incredibly busy time of life right now, but this is productive. You should know that God is going to provide for you all the energy that you need in order to accomplish everything he sets before you. The Lord wants you to make sure to rest in the midst of the work. Do not ignore the rest. And the Lord will produce great things from this season of, of energetic activity that he has you in. So that is by the way, is that accurate? Yeah. So it's a really cool thing when you, when you uh, just use example of prophecy, you often just prophesy. <laughs> but so that was speaking forth to Mark from the Lord, hopefully, of what Mark is in fact going through in his life right now and making sense of it. And that's one of the great values of the prophetic word. But if I were to look at John, let's say, here we go. And if I were to say that, now this one I'm making up, <laughs> that the Lord is going to release you into a worldwide ministry. And that worldwide ministry will carry you into places that you have no idea where uh, you would go ahead of time. But you're to trust him and he will open every door that's available to you. And the Lord will give you grace and power to speak to many. Trust him in all your ways. So I sort of I sort of felt that was real. <laughs> yeah, I think it, got, it, got. it got real, didn't it? It started out unreal a little bit, but then it got real. So that would have been an example of a of an example of a prophetic word that is foretelling, that is talking about the somewhat distant future of what God is going to do. Okay. So, but the key is. God is operating through the word in order to bring some form of change or transformation. And I think that's really the root meaning of what Bill is getting at when he talks about testimony. The testimony, any testimony we give concerning Jesus and his works, especially focusing on his works, is or functions as the equivalent of the Holy Spirit speaking through a human instrument and giving prophecy, which is intended to change people and to change situations. So I believe that's, that's an accurate, somewhat accurate, stretched a little bit, but somewhat accurate understanding of um, the power of testimony. Now, I just want to say as we, let's go to the next slide. Yeah, okay, before we do that, I just want to say to us that there have been so many Practical examples of the power of testimony producing the very thing that's being talked about in the lives of others. In the lives particularly of those who are involved in the healing ministry like, like Randy Clark, like Bill Johnson, and like others who have been trained by him. 
so that it is not at all unusual, in fact, it's somewhat usual, for a testimony of healing that's given. And often when guys like Bill and Randy and, and those who have been trained by, by those folks, when they go around and release healing in meetings, they'll often show video testimonies. And those video testimonies will, will capture the anointing of God that is flowing through the people who have received certain kinds of healings. And what, what will almost always happen, not with everybody in the room, I wish it would be with everybody in the room, and I know everybody else who ministers in healing wishes that too, but it happens with some usually, but not all, is that even as they are watching and listening to the video testimony, the Spirit of God heals their bodies in exactly the way that the person has spoken in the testimony. And this has happened often enough that I believe we can say that it is a real spiritual truth. Um, when these people give their time, and, and it can happen in person too. I mean, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't have to be video. And it doesn't have to be a person speaking to you in a live situation. It can be something you read. Right? A testimony that's written down that you read. That can, the Spirit of God can flow out of that, I believe, and do again in the body of the hearer what has been done in the body of the testifier. And so, very often, these spontaneous healings, uh, particularly of bodily ailments, that, that seems to be the focus of, of, of what is talked about when this is taught on. Um, the, the, the healings that occur often occur by the sovereign hand of God. What's that mean? It means there's no human who lays hands on other people or speak, speaks words of healing, but it just healing just falls upon people. So I want to alert us to this. I want to make us aware that when testimonies are given in this room or we've written them in the pulse or perhaps a video is shown, that the potential exists in the spirit realm for God to do again immediately or if we have a call forward afterwards and pray for people, you know, within a few minutes, the potential exists for people to receive sometimes dramatic, sometimes progressive healings over time um, by the power of testimony. So I want to lift your, your understanding. You know, faith, faith itself, which is, which is bold and confident trust that God is doing something, that spiritual quality in us can, can grow in lots of ways and is, in fact, one crucial element of God's work in human life. And the Bible clearly says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those who come to him must come to him, believe he is, and that he is a rewarder 
of those who seek after him. The big fallacy that was popularized by the early Pentecostal movement was that in order to really produce healing, the faith had to be operative in the sick person. That is really not biblical. What's biblical is that Jesus expected faith to be operating in those who ministered the kingdom to other people. That's where the faith, biblically, is supposed to be. Now, if you have faith and you're sick, that's awesome. Then that just adds to it. But an atmosphere of expectation, trustful, bold expectation of God doing great and good things, that atmosphere is an important element in God's moving. Why does God move here on Sunday morning? I don't know about you guys, but when I come here on Sunday morning, I expect him to move. Everything within me is longing for what is he going to do today? I'm excited about it. And I reach that in prayer ahead of time, of course. So I want you to see this now. Practical application beyond. We're going to incorporate this powerful weapon giving testimony into our church. Uh, a regular part of our Sunday morning service, we'll start to expect the Lord will use this tool to create faith in us all for God to do again in us what we hear others speak of Jesus did for them. One more slide, and then we're going to move into some testimonies. Practical application testimonies. How and when can be in print, I've mentioned this, can be in person, can be by video, can be by live stream. Now, what I want to share with you guys uh, when God does something amazing in you, your life, you who, who watch us and listen to us live stream, could be in Uganda, we do have some people in you, Kenya, we have some people all over the world who tune in on a, on a Sunday morning or other time, I don't know whether it's probably Sunday morning would be different different time for them, yeah, Sunday morning? So, you know, we have that and we have people who are more closely located than Kenya, and they are watching too. So I want to invite you guys to be part of this flow. And you send into our office any testimonies you have. And we're believing again that even as, as things are, uh, testimonies are read that have been written out, there's anointing on them. I could give you story after story of, of past works like this, but we don't have time. Okay, what kinds of testimonies? They might be little. Now, when I say little, if you're suffering from chronic migraines and you're healed of a headache, it's not little to you. But, you know, on a, on a ten, 1 to 10 scale headache versus stage 4 cancer, we could see a headache as being little. Might be God healed a headache. God reconciled you with someone. Might be big. You or someone you prayed for was raised from the dead. That's kind of big. Healed from stage four cancer. God might be intervening in your life and your circumstances. A rescue. God's rescued you in a remarkable way. We're going to be hearing testimony today of God's rescuing someone in a remarkable way. A new job that you didn't think. Well, you had a testimony from uh, Matt Swiderski um, a few months ago where he testified that, that because he reached out to the body of Christ and asked for concerted prayer for a test he was taking at a certain time that would result in, a, in an advancement in his job that, that he hadn't been successful in for a while. 
and the church prayed, and God gave grace, and he got that new job. Well, that is something that now, there might be some people in this room who would want to say, do it again, Lord. <laughs> in me. God's miraculous answer to prayer for others. So intercessory prayer. God working through you in ministry. Power evangelism. People get, getting saved when you uh, heal people in the street by, by the power of God. Deliverance, prophecy, healing, other kinds of ministry. So we want to open it up. So in that, we want to open it up. Let's open it up. <laughs> so I've asked a few people in the room to give some testimonies, and uh, if there's time for other ones, we'll like to hear that too. Now, we don't want a li- what I call a life testimony. I don't want you to start at the point of conception in your life and talk about, you know, up to the present. We're not looking for that. We're, <laughs> we're looking for brief recountings of some cool things God has done, and maybe around three to five minutes, Okay. So uh, let's start with, is Cecile in the room? Cecile, come on up. Oh, okay, so we're going to clap for the people who come up, all right? You didn't clap for me when I stood up here. Yay, I'm chosen. (laughs) Okay, so last spring, I had a dream. And in my dream, somebody came to me and said to me, to pray with Psalm 17 against the attack from the enemies. So I woke up, I thought that it wasn't for me, but since the person was saying that it was clear, so I took my Bible, I read Psalm 17, and if you read it, it's about uh, protection and God saying that we are, like he protects us. I read it, and but that morning I have, prayer here with my friend Tim. <laughs> and it was in the morning. I didn't want to go. But I felt like I should go. I knew that something would happen. I knew it. But I prayed and I got the, the confirmation, that confirmation that God would be with me. So I took the car and I drove from home to come here. And at one point, while I was driving, right before uh, hitting the stop sign to turn, to make a a left turn to come, I heard a loud voice calling me and said, Cecile, wait! So I was scared. I didn't know who was in the car. I just stopped in the middle of the road. I checked. Nobody was there. But I was scared because of the voice, and I knew that somebody was in the car, but nobody was there. So I just drove, because I waited a little bit. Somebody was driving, coming that way. He didn't see me, and he was going fast. He didn't respect the stop sign, so I just had time to stop before he hit me. I was scared, because I knew that if I didn't hear this voice, I would be in the car accident. So I came here with Tim. We were praying, and I was scared. After we went home, before sleeping, we were praying with the kids, and I shared my testimony. And they told me, wait a minute, where was it? Say, but mom, before, on the way back from school, we saw a big car accident at this place. And I knew that God protected me. 
But the next time I went there and I saw, like, you know, when you had a big accident, you saw it was blood everywhere. They're trying to hide it. But, but I was like, God, this blood is supposed to be mine. But you sent your angel to protect me. So that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Pray, Lord, do it again in all of my lives. Lord, I pray for this power of Psalm 17, the promise of protection to be again, to do like God, you would do it over and over again during this year. In Jesus' Amen. name. All right. All right. There's one thing while I think of it that I wanted to say about testimony. When you give your testimony, this is what I've discovered from personal experience and from watching other people who give testimonies. Just like anything we do for God, we have an enemy who doesn't like it. And when I have given testimony in the past, I have noticed there's been an, an, an attempted attack on me because I have given my testimony. And so I want to declare in Jesus' name that every person who will give testimony today, no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. You are protected in the power of God in Jesus' name. John, come on up. Okay, so my testimony is going to be about uh, prodigals and wilderness wandering. So of, I'm probably one of, if not chief of wilderness wanderers. So if you have them, if you're praying for them or if you are them, uh, just give me an ear. So I'll, I'll, I won't go through the history, but I'll give you my walk 23 years in a decade, a decade, and three years. So in this decade, the Lord saved us radically through miraculous powers, lifted my wife out of a wheelchair. We were burst into miraculous. We were immediately thrown into testimony, uh, uh, service, uh, praying for healing, giving testimony in front of an individual to as many as thousands, to the account was written in a book, to it was given on the airways. And I say none of that for us. It's just what God did through us. And we had amazing um, Amazing times and service of the Lord. That's that decade. The tail end of that decade, I started going under amazing mental attacks. I started getting hammered. I walked through it. The good news is I had victory, right? So I had victory through it. I came out of it. But here's the fun part. Just like Elijah, right? He had an amazing victory. And then all of a sudden, right, he's fleeing. The enemy said to me, what was that for? What was what, what, what did God let you go through that for two years? And there's nothing on the other side of that? To, what? And I was like, you know what, God? Yeah, what was that? What was that? And so in my heart, I stepped into the next 10 years and said, you know what, God? Here's what I want. I just want to love you. You saved me. You're amazing. I've seen unbelievable things. But I want to throw myself into my world, in my life, my work. I want to love you from afar. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want all of that anymore. Is that good? And God just lets you do it, right? He's not going to change. So then, right, I start into that. Amazing success in that, right? But then here's the enemy saying, oh, hey, buddy, let me open up the closet to some things I have in the closet for you. You remember this? Do you remember alcohol? It's awesome, isn't it? Do you remember self-reliance? Self-reliance is amazing. You are so good at it. Do you remember your work ethic? Drive, drive, drive. See, the enemy, their crutches, 
But what he was doing was lassoing me up with the chains again, right? And he, he's good at it. Hey, the word says if you drink a little, you're good as long as you don't get drunk. He knows the word. So he would speak it to me. And I, but all the while, he's clipping me up again, right? So I'm in these 10 years, right? So then now let's go to those three years, right? I wanted to lay that out there for you. So God the whole time walked with me. He never left me. He used me. He gave me words for people. He, he was always, I, that my prayer some mornings would be, God, I suck. That was my prayer. And he would never be like, you're right. He'd be, he would always love on me. He'd speak to me before my father died. He gave me a word about my father so that I could speak to it over my, at my father's funeral. God was with me the whole time, and he started drawing me, right? He gave me uh, a Luke 5, 1 through 11 about Peter. He was speaking to me. He was drawing me. But, you know, these chains were there, and some of the chains I started to like again. I'm like, hey, these are good, right? So Bruce said, what's your 2022 testimony? My testimony was that on February 12th, and my wife got me this, it's a mata, right? She's bringing me up into the spiritual weapons of warfare here. 2-12-22, right? What happened on that date is my wife said to me, it's me or the alcohol. And so it's me or the alcohol, Right? And it was not like I said, oh, that's good, hon. I said, really? That's what you, yeah, no problem. You want, you were that, no problem. I choose you, no problem, no worries. It's hard to kick against the pricks, right? Isn't that what Jesus said to Paul against the goads? And he uses people in our life as a goad, right? He used my wife and he boom, because he was saying, hey man, I've been drawing you for three years and I need you to boom, move forward. And I said, okay, God, so I said, yes, I commit to you, but bigger than that, it's not about the alcohol. It's not about the self-reliance. Those are all crutches. We all have them. We all have closets full of them. The enemy would love to open up a closet and say to you, hey, you want to walk away? And he'd love to give you back your chains and your crutches, right? What it's about is Jesus never left me. So when, when Rob was talking today out of Psalm 139, that Psalm's a life Psalm to me. He can go where he's not. He walked with me. He didn't have to come find me. He never walked. He never left me, right? He was with me in that wilderness walk. Who are you praying for? Or maybe, maybe it's you. He is absolutely either with them or he's with you right now. The second part is the enemy would love to say to you, gosh, you're in such a dark and nasty, ugly place. Wow. Are you so far in the wilderness? You're not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. No matter what you've done, walked, where you've been, or whoever you're praying for has, you're not. It's so close to the path you're on. And then the gifts and call of God are irrevocable. Because it's not about us. It's about his love for us. It's about what he wants to accomplish in us and through us. It's about him. It has nothing to do for us. So he loves us. He's walking with us. He's not far from the path. So all I had to do was say, God, you know what? On 2-12-22, give me my hand. And he said, John, here's the new way you're going to do in 22, one step at a time, right? A thousand miles begins with one step at a time. So all you have to do, if it's you or for whoever it is you're praying for, every day to say, yep, Here's Lord here, and I do it physically every day, and I say, Lord, there's my step. Show me. 
and you're not far off the path. You're not out uh, somewhere here. That path is so close. The gifts, the call are all right there for you. So that is my 2022 testimony of what God's done in my life. Welcome back. Lord, do it again in our lives as we've heard this. Do that drawing back again, Jesus' name. Lynn? Okay, anyone who knows me well knows that I absolutely love the, the language of the Spirit. I mean, ever since I was 19, that has really meant a lot to me. And what a gift God has given us, that he's given us these languages. I'm going to stretch your mind a little bit on, on my testimony. And some of you may not agree with what happened, but it was a really an amazing, well, right, it did happen to me. Okay, a few weeks ago, my grandchild and I were in a city, and we decided not to Uber to, to a store. We decided to walk. Well, it was a five-mile walk, and we went through some really tough areas. And at one point, a really honestly scary, menacing man approached us, and there, was n- there wasn't like any help around, and um, came right up to us. And all I can say is he was very scary. And my first reaction came out from just like deep within me. I looked at him and I started speaking in tongues really, really strongly. He looked terrified and took off immediately. And um, I think God gave me the interpretation. I think, you know, when we speak in tongues, when we speak God's language, we're actually speaking our own words. I mean, we're speaking to God or In this case, I was speaking to this guy, and I think it said, hey, look, buddy, I'm a child of God, and you touch us, you are in big trouble. Um, So anyway, he ran away, and what was so cool was my grandchild's reaction. My grandchild looked up at me and said, wow, 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 how did you do that? What did you do, Graham Graham? What did you do? You did something. What did you do? And, and then when we got home, he told the whole family, you would not believe what Graham Graham did. She chased away a Batman. So um, I'm going to stretch your, your interest in this. I think um, some of you may need to use this. And it, it wasn't something I planned. It came out of my spirit. And it... God did something. And Lord, do it again. Tracy, come on up. And then Carol. Um, I don't know where to start mine, but uh, it was a really awesome year. And it was a year where I was sort of thinking a lot about coming alongside what God is already doing. And so I had the opportunity with somebody that I worked with and had known for eight years, and they were going through a personal crisis. And one thing I've learned to do, even in work situations, is just ask people if you can pray for them. And a lot of times, especially if people are in crisis, they say yes. Um, But where it was really a leap of faith for me is to pray for them like I would pray for you. 
on a Sunday morning. Not hold back and say, Jesus, please help this person, but to really just full out pray. And when I pray in tongues, I do keep that kind of quiet if it's not a believer that I'm praying for. Um, But that doesn't mean I don't do it because I do. Um, And so I prayed for this person in May and then I spent a lot of time with them over the summer. And then they came to me in September And we're just sort of like, I can't talk to anybody about this, but I really need to talk to someone. And so opened up and prayed for them again. And at the end of praying for them, I said, you know, have you, would you ever reconsider how you feel about God? I don't know what made you turn away from him, because this was a person raised in the church at one point in time, but would you ever reconsider your thoughts and feelings about God. And she actually said, well, actually, I have been. (laughs) And that's where it's the coming alongside, right? And just being, like, open and available to just say, yes, God, I'm going to step out and do something that feels uncomfortable. And that's when I invited this person to Alpha. And... um, they were the only person who came to Alpha, a seeker who came to Alpha. And it was funny. I was like, don't take this personally, church. But I wasn't sure about how good the follow-through of our church would be when only one person showed up for Alpha. I, I'm just being honest with you. I really wasn't sure. And um, I could see she was really forming relationships with the people And one night, nobody was coming. It was me and Ame and my friend. And I was like, oh, this is going to be it. This is where she's going to realize that, you know, people aren't following through. And maybe this isn't, we aren't all who we say we are as the church. And wouldn't you know it, that two people came that night. And it was on like night four or five And my friend had come with two very specific questions that night. And the two people who came who had never been part of the discussion before, their testimonies answered the exact questions of her heart. Like their testimony of coming to Christ was exactly what answered her two questions that night. And that's when I was like, okay, it's not about what we're doing. God's got it, and, you know, she made a decision for Christ during Alpha, which was really awesome. Yeah. Do it again, Lord. Jesus' name. Carol, come on up. Um, My testimony is a a testimony of how um, God's grace and how God's ability to sustain us and keep us in trying time, in such a trying time. Um, I, I, some of you may have may know, but I've I just been so much under attack um, in 2022. I, I just want to say, not even 2022 for a, for a long a long period of time. But had it not been for the Lord on my side, I don't think I would be able to stand here. And you probably heard me say that. Um, so I, I just want to say this particular over uh, the Christmas, we experienced a, a horrific time um, in my family again. And um, 
It's just so funny. I was sharing with Lynn. I said, it's just so funny how during the Advent season and during the play and everything, and um, Jess is teaching us songs. And, you know, you just don't know how. It was a prophetic song, and I didn't realize it at that particular time. But this thing that happened to me, um, to my family, it, it, you know, the enemy always tries to do things to try to take your focus off of where, you know, God is trying to stir you or where God is. And so he does these things to, you know, um, so that you could focus on your pain and not really see God. So um, in this particular time, um, and I got a phone call in the middle of the night and, and I'm like, here we go again, God, here we go again. And so I just begin to call on the name of the Lord. And um, he just began to minister to me. And um, it, it was really difficult, you know, because you see, what's before you. You know, um, I, I see my son and I see him struggling and it's so difficult to not be able to help, you know, not to be able to help him, but to allow God to, you know, step back. I, I think um, the, a couple of weeks ago I taught him well, how you cast your care. <laughs> well, I had to stand on that. I had to cast that care and, and not pick it up. So it was just so funny God just began to oh, um, surround me with songs of deliverance. He just began to surround me with his word. And the funny thing about the song was I got up one morning, morning and I could hear him say, Hey now, hey now, don't you cry, Mary. But then he said, Hey now, hey now, don't you cry, Carol. Though this was not your plan. And you're not sure you can. Hey now, hey now, though this feels scary, though you're a stranger in a strange land, let me take you by the hand. Let me take you by the hand. Let me take you by the hand. And I just begin to weep and I just begin to cry because he said, my righteous right arm. Didn't I say I will sustain you? Didn't I say that I would keep you? Didn't I say that I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death? This is a strange land. This land wasn't meant for us. It was a strange land. But he said that he would take us through it. So I'm just, my testimony is that when you think that you cannot stand through tribulations and trials and tests and things of the enemy, and it seems like he's trying to tear you down and break you down, God says, let me take you by the hand. Let me take you by the hand. Let me take you by the hand. Man, you can't follow that act, you know? That's awesome, Carol. Thank you so much. Interestingly, you up here dramatizing God taking your hand every day. That's what Carol said, too. Wow, awesome. Let's stand together. Lord, we thank you for the power of testimony. Lord, we receive in our spirits right now every truth concerning Jesus and his works and his ways that 
uh, has been spoken today by our testifiers. And Lord, we internalize this truth. We make it our own, God. We say, yay, Lord, and amen, and do it again in our lives over and over and over again, God. You are so good. Your mercies are new every morning. Your thoughts to us are without number. You protect us in so many ways, God. You empower us to spread your kingdom. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, so much. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right.